Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in Better Than Ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like Greg McElroy in a minute on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Just talked to Lewis Riddick. NFL weekend kicks off tonight. Game two NBA Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Busy, busy. So much sports. It's great. U.S. Open going on. Tiger struggling a little. So we got an eye on all of it. I'm delighted that you're with me, and I want to just address what I said this morning on TV that seems to have gotten a lot of people excited. Every now and again, I just can't help myself. Christopher Johnson is the acting owner of the New York Jets. He is the brother of Woody Johnson, who is currently the ambassador to the United Kingdom. And thus, he went overseas and left his brother Christopher in charge of the franchise. His brother Christopher hired Adam Gase to be the head coach. We all make mistakes. And look, maybe Gase will wind up being terrific. This isn't even a value judgment on that. I'm rooting for him. But yesterday, after what can only be described as um, an horrific opening weekend for his team, the owner of the Jets, who doesn't talk to a lot of the reporters a lot, talked to them, and in expressing confidence in his coach, said he believes that Adam Gase is a brilliant offensive mind. Brilliant Offensive mind. And so here's what I said on TV. To that I reply, what on earth could possibly give you that impression? Because there is certainly no evidence that it's true. What there is is overwhelming evidence that the exact opposite is true. Consider that in no season, when Peyton Manning was not his quarterback, did any of Gase's teams ever finish in the top half of the league in scoring. And in fact, the last three seasons, they finished 28th, 26th, and 31st in a 32-team league. In the 17 games that Gase has been the head coach of the Jets, they have scored 33 touchdowns, and they have punted 93 times. They've actually scored on 24% of their possessions. That's the worst in the NFL. They've gone three and out on 44%. That's the worst in the NFL. Their average drive has gained 23 yards. All of those are worst in the NFL. But wait, there's more. When the Jets acquired Le'Veon Bell, he had averaged more total yards per game than any player in history ever. Under the brilliant offensive mind, Bell is 27th in the league in yards per game. And there's one more. Just so you know, this is not just my fandom talking. I watch football. Under Gase in Miami, Ryan Tannehill was so bad The Dolphins traded him for mid-round draft picks, and they chipped in $5 million just to get rid of him. Then, in his first year in Tennessee, away from Gase, Tannehill had the fourth-highest passer rating in history and led the Titans to the AFC title game. All of those are facts. They happened. And they beg one question. If the coach has such a brilliant offensive mind, what in the world is he doing with it? So that's what I said on TV. People seem to be reacting pretty strongly. I get it. It's part of the job. I felt it needed to be said. Because as fans, what we don't want is for you to pee down my back and tell me it's rain. I can see what's going on here. Why don't you just say, yeah, things haven't gone as we hoped, but I maintain confidence in the people that we put in place. I can respect that, whether I agree with it or not. But don't tell me he's a brilliant offensive mind. There's absolutely no evidence to suggest it. So when I saw that quote yesterday, (laughs) 
I immediately called Hembo and I said, Hembo, we're doing an essay. Get me some numbers. And that's how we do those, by the way. For those of you who watch Get Up, I do these on-camera essays. We call them down barrels because I'm staring right down at the camera. And Hembo sends me the numbers, and away we go from there. My buddy Greg McElroy now with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. He's becoming a regular with us in the mornings on Get Up, and he does a fabulous job of breaking down quarterback play. And I'd like to start there. And there are a lot of other places I want to go, Greg. I don't want to belabor this. You played briefly for the Jets, and you obviously saw a lot of Sam Darnold on the collegiate level in that. My biggest concern right now, and I talked to Orlovsky about this earlier in the week, is that Darnold is regressing. And the most important job the head coach has right now as a quarterback guru is for the quarterback to make progress. I fear he is regressing. What do you think we're seeing, Greg McElroy? Well, it's been ugly so far. It's uh, really hard to argue that. I do think there are some patterns of regression. Um, I also think, too, there was this groundswell of support. I call it the McVeigh syndrome. Uh, and everybody seemed to want a young play-calling head coach. That was so they go. You see Cliff Kingsbury. You see Adam Gates. That was like the new trend with the young quarterback. That's how you were going to maximize a young quarterback's potential. The problem is you just listed all the things about Adam Gates. He went into great detail, and it was fascinating to listen to just the just the mar- remarkable mediocrity, and that's being generous that he's had throughout the course of his career. But it really is. It has been a regression. I feel like he has not been supported uh, by the organization either. Frankly, he doesn't have any talent. And there's not, I mean, Leon Bell is a splash hire. The guys can completely unavailable and non-existent for the last two years. And, and looking like it this year is going to be very, very similar. So I, I just think that at some point with a young quarterback, you have to surround them with stars at the wide receiver spot. So you got to spend in free agency. you got to spend draft capital. You don't go draft a project tackle in Mekhi Becton when you have Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, all these excellent wide receivers that are available to you. So I just don't think he trusts anyone on the perimeter. And uh, I also think what he's getting right now from a coaching standpoint has been problematic. All right, so I agree with you. But let's talk about another highly touted quarterback, one who was actually drafted ahead of Darnold, whose team has done those things. They went out and got him not one but two star receivers. They got him a bunch of running backs. They remade their offensive line. And in the opener, he looked worse than ever. And he'll play tonight. His name is Baker Mayfield. If the Browns lose to the Bengals tonight, it's been promised to me by people who cover the the Browns that things are going to get really, really complicated. What are you seeing in Baker Mayfield? Well, this is the first time ever, Greeny, that Baker Mayfield has experienced significant doubt on the field like Baker Mayfield had a certain level of bravado at Oklahoma and even in his rookie year that is really difficult to recreate but when things aren't going well we've never had to see Baker Mayfield adapt to what is less than 100% confidence in himself and honestly like the accuracy is not there the decision making has been subpar he's slow and deliberate with some of those decisions I didn't I still don't think his feet are exceptionally good. Um, there's a lot of problems right now with Baker Mayfield, and he's having to deal with a locker room that's probably not very easy to deal with. If you just watch for five minutes, not knowing anything that's going on in the game and not looking at the score, but you just watched Odell Beckham's body language on Sunday, you know things are really bad. 
And having to keep a diva wide receiver, and I think there's a difference between being a star receiver and a diva wide receiver. I think Beckham Odell is amazingly talented, but he's a diva. And for a young quarterback to have to deal with what he is telling him and what his body language is telling him, trying to keep him involved in the game plan and not being able to deliver the ball to him consistently, that only adds additional pressure to your quarterback. So I I think it's a problem, man, and he better play better. I mean, like, at what point do we start – saying, all right, well, last year was all kitchens. You know, it was Freddie's fault. Well, at what point did we start looking at the product on the field? And Baker Mayfield has to atone for the poor play that he's he's shown. I mean, he was brash. He was talking about how great he was going to be. He was the next star of the NFL. He's doing all these commercials, all this other stuff. Well, I think we put the cart before the horse and anointing him. And, and right now, he, he's searching for his game a little bit, and it needs to make a pretty dang big leap this week and in the weeks to come for us to kind of get back in the good graces with Baker Mayfield. I'm with you. At some point, it's you. Like, at some point, it just can't be everybody and everything else anymore. At some point, it becomes about him. And it feels, not that tonight is the end, necessarily, if it goes badly, but it could be the beginning of the end. If he loses to an in-state rival and Burrow and everything else, I I think it could go that way. Let me ask you about two other quarterback situations that I'm interested in. Uh, Greg McElroy with me here on ESPN Radio. Um... I, I make notes during the games on Sundays, and after the third quarter of the game in Detroit on Sunday, I had written down, time for the Bears to go to Nick Foles. And then the fourth quarter <laughs> happened. The fourth quarter <laughs> happened, and, and obviously Trubisky with the three touchdowns, and they come back and they win and everything else. So my question then becomes this. If you're making the quarterback decision there, how does that change the way you view it? Because you can't look a whole lot worse than Trubisky looked for three quarters. But it has to now be in the back of your mind – I can't pull him in the middle of a game because he pulled that off for me in the first week. Like, 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 How, if at all, would that influence the way you, Greg, if you were making the decisions, would be handling the quarterback situation? Well, I'd be really happy about how things turned out, right? I'm naturally like, I'm glad to have a win. It's great. All that's well and good. But the way Mitch played down the stretch, the problem is, Greeny, like, we've seen glimpses of this. We have seen glimpses of this from Trubisky. The problem is when you are looking at the quarterback spot, you know the term coach killer? Like, a coach killer is a guy that is unpredictable. Like, if you know what you're going to get from a quarterback, and whether it's good or bad, like, it's fine. Like, even if it's bad, even if it's terrible, I can maybe coach around it. You know, I can at least maybe highlight other parts of our offensive plan to cover up maybe for the quarterback's inadequacies. But if the guy is giving us – the too high for the high and the too low for the lows, and that's the type of range of play I might be getting on a week-to-week basis, that's got to be the most infuriating thing from a coach ever. And that's what we've seen from Trubisky throughout the course of his career. Like I thought in the fourth quarter he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Decisive, accurate, mobile enough to kind of create a little bit on his own, to put the fear in the defense a little bit, that he could do something. I thought he was really, really strong in that fourth quarter. And I honestly wouldn't even feel good about having him on my practice squad in the first three. I mean, I, I literally, it was that range. And that, and that has got to be so infuriating. And honestly, at, at some point or another, whether he continues to give us those surprising performances for 15 minutes or not, like he's got to be predictable. Like We have to know what we're going to get from the quarterback spot because if we don't and we try to maybe feature the quarterback this week in a plan and we're going to empower the passing game, and he lays an egg, that's the, that falls on the coach. People are going to say, well, why are we doing that? Trubisky 
can't can't beat a state way out of a out of a wet paper bag. Like how the heck did you think that empowering the passing game is going to help you win? But then there's going to be times when you kind of hide him and he's throwing dimes, and they're asking the same question after the game, so the media gets involved, and it's just it's a problem. So he's got to deliver more consistent performance. And hey, it's not about where you start; it's about where you finish. And he finished the game well, and I want to give him a lot of credit for that. But that momentum now needs to carry over into this upcoming week because if it doesn't, and he gives us another dud performance for three quarters. It's going to be infuriating knowing that Foles is on the bench. We'll see. They play the Giants, Ben, and, and the Steelers' offense looked very good against the Giants' defense that we think is very bad. So let's see what Trubisky does. Hey, you can get Church's new Go Box today. Your choice of chicken, your choice of sides, and biscuits to feed six or more. This is more than lunch. It's leftovers starting at 20 bucks. Church's bringing that down-home flavor offer valid at participating locations. One more for you, Greg. I, I follow you on, on Twitter, and I see how excited you are, as I am, about the Big Ten coming back to play. There'll be a season there. We're going to get hopefully most of a college football season, and most importantly, hopefully everyone will be safe and healthy through it. But I wanted to ask you about the quarterback, uh, just because you, you cover this stuff so closely. Like Trevor Lawrence, I, I will have some people tell me that this guy is like Andrew Luck, John Elway-level prospect. Do you believe he is that? Do you believe he is the sure thing that is worth tanking for and worth moving whatever obstacles have to be moved for to get him on the next level? Yeah, Greeny, he's unbelievable, man. Like, I, he's he's incredible. I, I love him. He's my favorite prospect uh, since Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck was my favorite prospect ever. So I mean, it's 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 at quarterback especially. I mean, I I think he is he has the brains. He has obviously the championship pedigree, having played on big stages in the past and responded well in those stages, which. Uh, we know he has a big arm. We know he's gifted athletically. Like, all the physical boxes are obvious, but it's the intangible characteristics, knowing this guy's going to be the face of my multi-billion dollar organization. I couldn't feel better about that. So it's, it's as much, and we've learned more about Trevor Lawrence. We knew he was a bona fide number one overall pick two years ago as a true freshman. But as he's matured in his college career, that's even made me feel better about what a team's getting when they bring him in. Now, he's going to have the same challenges that all rookies have. You know, what, is he going to go to a, a horrible organization that's not going to make him any better and he's going to, have to do it himself? Yeah, probably. But uh, I think he's an absolute can't miss. And, and frankly, I, I, I think he's the only can't miss uh, in this upcoming draft because as much as I like Justin Fields and as much as I think Trey Lance at, at North Dakota State, everyone seems to be in love with his upside. Uh, I think both those guys come into the league potentially with a couple more question marks than I'd like for a guy that's being also labeled a can't-miss prospect. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how this draft unfolds over the next few months. All right, we'll work our way towards all of that. Greg, awesome as always. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Greeny. Be good, brother. That's Greg McElroy with me here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny, and now it is time against, as always, against my better judgment, I bring in my disheveled board operator, Bubba, for Who You Got. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right, Bubba. What do you have? All right, we got a few things for you today, and Who You Got is brought to you by Granger. We'll start in the NBA after a great run with the Raptors, it was a disappointing end for Kawhi and the Clippers, and Kendrick Perkins said leaving Toronto hurt his legacy. So what do you think? Should he have stayed in Toronto? Who you got? No, I don't agree with Kendrick, and, and I love Big Perk, but I don't believe that leaving Toronto hurt his legacy. I think the legacy could have been hurt by leaving San Antonio and the way that he left San Antonio. 
But he amend, made amends for all of that by winning in Toronto. And I don't think at this day and age, players' legacies are impacted by movement. It just happens now. They all move. All the great ones move. All the great ones go from one team to another. You're going to see players come together for two, three, four years, and that's it. That's why the Clippers need to win while the getting is good. So I disagree with that. I do not believe Kawhi should have stayed in Toronto. I do believe they should have won the championship this year. What's next? All right, staying in the NBA, we had Bam's block the other night. We got LeBron's block. There's Tayshawn Prince's block against Indiana. So what's the best playoff block of all time? Who you got? Got to be LeBron in Game 7 because of the circumstances. And and Big Perk actually said this on the show. Jalen said it on Get Up the other day, too. And it has to be this because it won a championship. Uh, the, the, the Bam out of bio play, as spectacular as it is, what it does is it keeps that game from going to a second overtime and it's game one of a conference final. When LeBron chased down Andre Iguodala from behind in game seven in the final minute of the NBA Finals on the road, and that play winds up being the biggest play on his team's way to a winning a championship, the only one the city of Cleveland has won in half a century, it's hard to put anything ahead of that. So I'll go LeBron. Bubba with me. What's next? All right, to the NFL. We got the Bucks. We got the Cowboys and the Eagles. They each started 0-1, so of those three, who can least afford an 0-2 start? Who you got? It's easy. That's easy. The answer is Tampa, and I'll give you the two reasons why. One of them is the NFC East is mediocre, and that's being kind. So the Cowboys and Eagles are going to battle it out for that division. Washington's the only team in the division with a win, and they're not going to be good. So I believe eight or nine wins will win that division again. Cowboys and Eagles can both afford losses this weekend, and they're both playing. Well, I don't know if the Cowboys are playing. I I think Atlanta. I thought Atlanta was going to be good. I don't know if that's a good team. The Eagles are definitely playing a good team. The Bucks are playing a team they should absolutely beat in Carolina, and they're in a division that is excellent. And they're thinking Super Bowl thoughts. They fall to 0-2 with Tampa Tom at the helm, and they lose to Carolina doing it. I think we got trouble with a capital T. But it's not going to happen. They will win. But the one they can least afford to lose this weekend is Tampa. Bubba, what's next? All right, another NFL. The Giants drafted Saquon number 2 in 2018. But as Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated suggests, his value may be maximized if they trade him, given the direction of the team. So if you're the Giants... Keep them or trade them. Who you got? Boy, that is so interesting to me. <clears throat> yep, let me sure think. Is. It, let me think it through a minute here. Hashtag Bubba. My first thought is this: Alvin Kamara just got paid. Dalvin Cook just got paid. McCaffrey got paid. Zeke got paid. You're going to have to pay Barkley a fortune, and you're going to have to do it after this season, where people like me are going to go on television and radio and scream, "Saquon, don't let anyone hit you until you get your money." So do you want to pay him all of that money, wrap all that money up in the running back position as good as he is, and and, and he is brilliant, when your team has all these other needs? I can't sit here and say trade him. I don't know what you would get for him. Like, I I don't think you would get value for him. I don't think a team is going to give you a high number one pick. You can't trade the 27th pick. You can't get him for the... The 27th pick in the draft is not worth that. Saquon Barkley is great. So my answer ultimately is going to be no. I'm going to say keep him. You're going to have to pay him. It's worth it. You made the decision. You were building your team around a running back. Do it and make it work. You have one more? I do. And we'll do a little baseball. Uh, In case you haven't heard, the MLB regular season ends in less than two weeks. And then we're on to the debut of the expanded postseason. 
MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred would like to see that expanded format continue. So are you in favor of the extra teams or no? Who you got? I've got, can I give you a halfway? 16 is too many. Uh, and it begins. 16, I'm negotiating with Bubba. Hashtag Bubba, 16 is too many. Okay. 16 is too many. Am I in favor of possibly expanding the playoffs from where they currently stand, which is five teams in each league and every year besides this one? Yes, I'm in favor of that. But 16 is too many. We'll meet somewhere in the middle. I can see that. I mean, I accept that. Six and a half. Put six and a half teams in the playoffs. <laughs> That's Bubba with who you got. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger. As you get back to business, Granger is there to help with supplies and solutions for every industry, safety recovery guides, 24-7 support, and more. Visit Granger.com slash recovery. Well done, Bubs. All right, I'm opening up the phone lines right now. My number is 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you the following question. With Patrick Mahomes turning 25 years old today, my question to you is, which active athlete do you believe is trending towards being the greatest in the history of his or her sport is it mahomes do you have someone else in mind we talked about it an hour ago now it's your turn 888-729-3776 which active current athlete is trending towards being the greatest of all time greeny the podcast for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. As Adam Schefter said, you're the only one who's having a good year, 2020. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP, got engaged and made a half a billion dollars in 2020. All the rest of us are having a terrible year. Patrick Mahomes on his birthday. And if you're just joining us a little earlier here, I broke down for you the numbers and some of the all-time great quarterbacks at the time they turned 25. And what we discovered was that Patrick Mahomes' numbers compare very favorably, if not better, than any of them. And it is my belief that he is trending towards being the GOAT, that he is trending towards being the greatest of all time. And so I ask you, 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number, which current athlete do you believe is trending towards being the GOAT in his or her sport? Phones are open. Let's hear who we've got. Eric, you're first up on ESPN Radio. Who's going to be the GOAT? Hey, Greeny, longtime fan. Um, so I actually am not calling to say a current player who I think is going to be the GOAT. I, literally this past weekend, I live with five guys. We were literally discussing Mahomes being the best quarterback. I think already he is easily the best quarterback I've ever seen on the field, better than Rodgers, obviously more talented than Brady. But this guy, when he's on the field, if they're playing the full game out, he, there's no doubt that they have a good chance to score 45, 50 points. Seriously, 
if they're down 24 in a playoff game against a competent team in Houston, who was competent last year, they were winning at halftime. There's never been a quarterback like that, I think. The guy's 25, there's no doubt, barring injury, that he will be the best quarterback of all time. I've never seen more of a lock in my life than that. I, I and, agree. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, he, thank you, Eric, for calling. I, I, I agree. He's, he was the person who sort of initiated in my mind the idea for this discussion. Because I do think he is going to be that. I disagree with the people who say he belongs in the Hall of Fame if he retired right now. And I do not think it's even remotely appropriate to start counting his place among the greatest quarterbacks ever. Because there are two pieces to that. And one of them is accomplishment. And he just hasn't accomplished that much yet because he's just so young. But I think he is the perfect storm. I said it earlier. He's Hamilton. Hamilton, if you've seen it, if you're fortunate enough to have seen it, Hamilton is what happens when you get everything exactly right. The writing is perfect. The the casting is perfect. The performances are perfect. Everything is perfect. That's what Hamilton is on Broadway I'm talking about, and you can see it on on, on Disney+. Plus. That's what Patrick Mahomes is. It's when you get the coaching exactly right, the development exactly right, the talent around him exactly right. And oh, by the way, he walks in with all of the talent and all of the mental makeup to be exactly what you need. He, I believe he is going to be the greatest of all time, and he was the reason we came up with the segment idea. Uh, Dylan, you're next up uh, with me, with Greeny here. Dylan, who's going to be the GOAT? Hey, Greeny, how you doing? Um, you know, it's very easy to, to, you know, say Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what the dude has been able to accomplish is uh, nothing short of incredible, but something a little more untraditional here. I'm going to go and say Luka Doncic. I think at, at 21 years old, what he's been able to accomplish in just being in the league for – I think two years now uh, is nothing short of also amazing. Uh, I think he's got a very bright future in Dallas, and I think they they realize that, and they're going to really build around him the right way as, you know, Cuban is one of the best owners in the league. So I really see a bright, bright future for Luka Doncic. I like that call, Dylan. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but I love it. I, I do totally believe that if you were starting an NBA team right now and you could pick anyone to start it with, it would be Luka. So I believe he has the brightest future, and that includes the Greek freak and anybody else, the brightest future of any current player. Am I willing to say that I think when it's all said and done, we're going to say he's greater than Jordan? Boy, it's tough to say that. But he does, he, he's, he's the goods. He's got everything. He's got the size. He seems to have the heart. He can shoot. His, his court vision and awareness is as good as anyone you've ever seen. He has like a combination of Jason Kidd and uh, who's someone who just shoots like that. I mean, not Steph Curry, but he's Jason Kidd. If Jason Kidd could shoot like Larry Bird, it's a good call. It's a good call, Dylan. That's that. See, that's the beauty of this. That's why I wanted to do this again because you make me think of interesting things. This is fun. I don't agree with it, but I like it, and it made me think a little bit there. And we'll keep a close eye on it, Dylan. That was a good call, Russ. You're next, Russ. Who do you think is going to be the goat? I'm on mute. Hi, how you doing, Green? Good. Welcome back. Thank you. I got uh, welcome, brother. I got Lewis Hamilton, a Formula One driver. He's uh, one more races. He's already got a 55 point lead this season. He's won the most poles in the history of the sport, and this guy has been on the podium the most in the history of the sport. I think he's only like two two wins away from surpassing. Great Michael Schumacher. So I think Lewis Hamilton is somebody that uh, we don't get to see much because the races come on at six in the morning. Hmm. Over there. Yeah, but that's my that's my pick. 
All right, I, Russ, I like the call, and I appreciate it. And I will, I, in this case, I will defer to your expertise. That is a sport about which I know extremely little. The only experience I've ever really had, Mike and I used to go to the Indy 500 for years. We probably went, I don't know, three or four times. And one time, Scott Sharp drove me around the track in the pace car. And, and I can tell you that it was one of the genuinely eye-opening and in some ways terrifying experiences I've ever had. He had it going to about 190, and he took me out right to the wall. We were so close to the wall that if I'd reached my hand out the side of the car, I'm on the right side, the passenger seat, because this is the pace car. It's not even one of the race cars. If I had t- reached my hand out, I could have touched the wall. And he's going, one, you have the audio? of. <laughs> All right, Bubba, I can't believe we still have that. This has got to be almost 20. Well, Nikki was a baby, and she, she's turning 20 in two weeks. This is probably 18 says, or 19 uh, years old. You were in, the, in 2002. 2002. All right, let, let's hear it. Oh, my God. All right, we're at 120 now. We're very near the wall. We're very near the wall. All right, we're not so near now. Wow. We're at 100 and I can't even see it. We're, we're very near the wall, very near the wall. This is that's, I can touch the wall right now. I could I could reach the wall with my hand if I wanted to. We are so close to the wall, it's ridiculous. Let me just say this. Stace, there's a shoebox in the closet in Nikki's room. There's a lot of cash in there. Make sure you find that if I don't make it out of this car. <laughs> that's that's 18 years ago. Oh, my goodness. I remember that day like it was yesterday. It really was scary. And all of that is my way of saying to you, Russ, that's as much as I know about whether Lewis Hamilton is or isn't going to be the greatest Formula One driver of all time. So I will accept your expertise um, and thank you for the call. I'd like to get in one more real quick. Shanna, you're on, uh, on ESPN Radio with Greeny. Who's going to be the GOAT? I've got two for you. I have one for um, women's tennis, you cannot discount Serena Williams. She is still active. She is a mom. She is just, she is still on fire. She may not have gotten to the end at the Open uh, last week, but this is an incredible woman who has four Grand Slam doubles titles. She's got at least three of every other Grand Slam title, four gold medals. Yeah. Shanna, can I stop you for one second? Keep her on because I want to hear your second one. Serena is already the greatest female tennis player of all, in my opinion. Like she is, I don't even think that's up for debate. I know she's one slam shy of Margaret Court, but in my view, Serena is already number one. So I I don't think she's trending towards anything. I think she is the greatest of all time already. Yeah, one hundred percent. I have to say, um, Simone Biles. Yeah. Simone Biles and women's gymnastics. We are a gymnastics family. Shout out to the OU women's gymnastics team and Maggie Nichols. But we have a Simone Biles who should also no longer be trending, but should be outright considered the GOAT. She's got four skills named after her. If we didn't have the coronavirus, she would have shown the world again out in Japan how amazing she is and what a female athlete in gymnastics can do with the hard work and dedication that she Shanna, has. let me ask you about her because I, I, we brought her up earlier. We had this conversation about an hour ago and I brought her name up. I, 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 when I, she is one of those athletes that you watch her and you say to yourself, all right, she's just obviously different from everybody else. But I don't yes. know enough about the sports to know, is she considered on a different level from Mary Lou Retton and, and Nadia Comaneci and all the other legends of the sport? Is, is she generally considered to be the greatest gymnast of all time? Yes. 
because the the skills that she is doing are skills that were not even thought possible mm. to be doing with Mary Lou. Not, I mean, not even considered possible with Nadia Comaneci. The, the skills that she's doing, what she can do with her body when she twists and throws herself off of these different apparatuses that she's that she does, it's just incredible. You. You, you can't imagine how a body can do those things and the pounding that those bot, her ankles, the knees, the hips take on a daily basis to stay in the form that she has to stay in to be as competitive as she is. Yeah. It's almost it's unreal. It's almost unnatural what she's able to do. With I'm with body. you. It's incredible. I have to run, yeah. but but I appreciate the call very much, Anna. Thank you. And, and what I would say in, in, in the case of your call, is I think both of the women you mentioned are already at the top. I, I think they are. I, I believe that. Uh, that that Simone Biles is considered the greatest gymnast of all time, and I definitively, because tennis is a sport, I know Serena is the greatest of all time. Thank you very much for the call on both fronts. Um, in this year of all years, I will say, relax the date, and I will explain what that means in a moment. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, Greeny with you, and I opened this morning by telling you that it was one of the great, it is one of the great sports days of the year. Bengals-Browns kick off week two of the NFL tonight. Celtics and Heat tonight, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. WNBA playoffs, Eastern Conference hockey playoffs. A dozen baseball games in the U.S. Open is underway. And with that thought in mind, I insist we spend a moment talking about golf. That's brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. If you were a Tiger Woods fan... I have bad news. He didn't play well today. It was fairly predictable. This is not the kind of course where I think it's going to serve him well. The extraordinarily penal rough is not going to be good for his back, no matter what happens. And he was even par going to 17, and he wound up with a bogey and a double, and he finished at three over. So Tiger is in some trouble after round one at Wingfoot, where the action continues. Justin Thomas had a really good round early today. He's your leader at five under. Patrick Reed is four under. Rory McIlroy is three under. So those are three huge names, and they are the top three names on the leaderboard going into sort of the meat of the afternoon rounds today. Again, JT, then Patrick Reed, then Rory, five under, four under, three under on a day where it does not seem the scores are going to be that bad. I think the really brutal conditions there are going to be Saturday and Sunday. I do not think you will see a lot of numbers in the 60s over the weekend. I think we will see several of them between now and then. Hey, don't forget you can listen to ESPN Audio at home on your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. 
I told you I opened the show by talking about what a good day it is and night it is in sports. It will not be such a good night in Cleveland if the Browns lose tonight. Feels like a very important game. And I went back and I just glanced at that 2018 draft because I'm invested in it, of course. Sam Darnold was in it. The four quarterbacks taken in the first round that year, in order, were Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and then with the 32nd and final pick, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, as we all know, is the reigning NFL MVP. So if you were to redo that draft right now, absent anything, he'd of course go first. Nothing to even discuss. He right now, along with Mahomes and maybe Kyler Murray, sort of trending towards being the next superstars of the sport. So it is not worth discussing who you would take first if you were redrafting that group. But who would you take second? I was thinking about that because I want to say Darnold. I'm becoming very worried about it. Very. But Baker Mayfield, Darnold, Josh Allen. The one set up for the most success of those three is Allen. Anyone who watched the Jets and Bills this past weekend saw that. Allen, they've built a good team around him. They seem to be building it to his skill sets. They got him a receiver. And Stefan Diggs, who's a difference-making player, they run it. They play great defense. They let him run with the ball, which he does well. So Allen, I think, is in the best position. Darnold is on by far the worst team. Mayfield, and again, we'll see what happens tonight. If you just look at the names on the backs of the jerseys, you'd think they should be great. Just hasn't gone that way for the last 17 games, basically all of last season and the disaster that was this past Sunday against the Ravens. They better win tonight, and he'd better play better, and they'd better find some way to get Odell Beckham involved. You gave up a lot for Odell, but it didn't seem like like that much based upon how good he has been. Odell Beckham is a superstar. At least he's supposed to be. So let's see if that happens tonight. Feels like a big game. I believe the Browns will win. We'll see. Again, we have so much good sports action to look forward to as this day continues and this night continues. I will see you tomorrow morning early for Get Up on TV and right back here, same time, same place. Have a great day. I'm Greeny, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.